welcome to Rolls of Fate. I'm very excited for you all to listen and enjoy. Now, this first episode is going to be a little bit odd. We had some technical difficulties recording the audio of the first session. So I'm going to give you a recap of the first session, and I'm going to include as much audio that we were able to save as I can. So please sit back, relax, get yourself some water, and let's begin. It was a calm, quiet, cool, and crisp September night. Zeus Mora was walking home. This was not uncommon for them, as they worked late at the local hospital in the blood bank. There were never many people walking around at this time, which is fine. This is a small town, after all. Zeus couldn't put their finger on why, but they felt uneasy, as if they were being watched. As they passed by an alley, Zeus learned why, as a pair of arms grabbed them and pulled them into the dark. It happened so fast, Zeus didn't even have time to scream, and everything was silent. Joan woke with a start. She disliked what she saw. Seuss getting taken. She needed to figure out if she could do anything to stop it. She took a deep breath and brought herself back into that moment. She learned she couldn't stop it herself. She couldn't send anyone from town to save them either. She wouldn't be able to stop Seuss from getting hurt, but she could stop what would come next. Then she saw it. A figure appeared in her mind. A, a name. She knew what to do. She quietly exited her room and went to check on Seuss. They were sleeping soundly. She couldn't help but check on her other grandchild. Well, more like a guest, but close enough. The teen girl was also sleeping soundly. Joan smiled and went back to her room and got to writing an email. Dear Briar Valentine, P.I. My name is Joan. Most call me Grandma Joan. And there have been some problems in my hometown of Evergrove. People disappearing. I find myself unable to do much, so I've sought out your help. Please come as soon as you can. I am sure there is something unnatural going on that would be fitting for someone of your talents. I will send my address once I receive your response. Please respond as soon as you can. Joan Eliza Mora, Evergrove's resident grandma. She, her. Briar Valentine is a rather petite individual with freckled brown skin and very curly black hair, shaved on one side but is otherwise kept long and up in a high ponytail. His purple eyes are hidden behind round red lenses, and he has a long scar down the middle to right side of his face, which he hasn't shaved in a couple days at least. He wears a brown turtleneck and gray pants under a very beaten up brown trench coat with equally weathered black boots. He also wears a black ring on his right finger, three piercings on his right ear, and a small lapis pendant around his neck. Hello? I am a few days out from Evergrove, but I'm not working on any cases currently, so I will start making my way there now. Please send the address that I should meet you at to discuss case details. I will notify you when I'm in town. Briar Valentine, P.I. He, him. Briar walked up the porch to a quaint ranch-style house located on a large farm. Knocking on the door, he waited for his client to answer. The door opened, revealing a woman in her early 70s, her tan skin covered with freckles. Her brown eyes filled with kindness. Wavy gray hair frames her face as she smiles at her guest. Grandma Joan explains more in detail what exactly is happening in town. More than just Seuss have disappeared. Mostly people who've only recently moved in, or simply tourists. People who wouldn't be noticed if they suddenly vanished. Grandma Joan looks up when she hears some footsteps from upstairs. You can't stop her. She's too stubborn. No matter what you say, she's going to help you. Briar doesn't quite know what she means yet. Evie Castle is a rather small, yet muscular, trans teenage girl who looks to be about 17. Her hair is reddish-brown and long on one side with a single braid, and the other side is cut short. 
She has bright orange eyes and two lower piercings on her right ear. She wears a black choker, silver skull necklace, and a light brown leather jacket with a cream-colored t-shirt underneath. She carries a flame-bladed sword with a rapier hilt on the bottom that has a blue gem on the pummel. Evie descends the stairs. I'll kind of like, I'll drop my sword off my shoulder, still holding it, obviously, and let it hit the stair and go, Hey! I, like, flinch and spin around, and then I look, and when I see you, I just look super startled, like, even more startled than you were expecting, and I, like, kind of adjust my glasses and, like, close my eyes and shake my head, and I do that, like, two or three times, and I'm like, oh, you're, are you, are you, are you the, yeah. who are you? Name's Evie. Who are you? I'm 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 Briar, and he warily puts his hand out for you to shake it. Oh, shake his hand, yeah. And uh, you're supposed to be helping with the investigation. Did you see what happens to any of the people who went missing? Is that how? I'm just a little confused. I didn't see anything, but Sooth's gone has gone missing, and that's enough for me. I understand you might have personal stakes in this case, but that, mm, I hate to say this, but that might make you more hindrance than help, unless you can tell me, like, how you're supposed to help, and he kind of just side-eyes the sword very warily. See, here's the thing. I kind of, like, tighten my grip on my sword. You don't really get a choice. I'm going to help. All right? Sound good? Right, well, I guess I don't have a choice. Well, let's go then. After some introductions, the two of them set off. Meanwhile, Iris is thin and has tan skin with curly blue hair, and their eyes are always hidden behind a pair of dark sunglasses. They have some very small scars on their hands, but nowhere else visible. They wear a black trench coat with light blue accents over black slacks and a gray button-up with a blue tie. Within their coat, they have various weapons hidden, like a dagger and a collapsible axe, and many, many knives. Iris walked around town, trying to figure out why they'd been sent here. They needed to gather some kind of information for their group. All right, I suppose I'd be just perusing the main street. Um, more not in my obvious sort of getup with all the weapons and stuff, so I wouldn't have my <laughs> sniper out or anything. Just kind of casual public wear, um, perusing, or what it appears to be just perusing, like, the stalls and stuff. But really, I'm looking more into anything that could lead me to more details about the disappearances. As they were walking, they heard sirens. I'm gonna start making my way over there. Not super quick. I don't want to be obvious about this, but it's definitely piqued my interest and I'm paying it more attention than other things. And so they set off. A figure lays on the ground. They're clearly bleeding from the neck. It's dark. They can only make out the texture of rock as they look around. Briar snaps out of his vision and he knows what he needs to do. Evie and Briar hear sirens and start heading in that direction. Alright, well, that might be a lead. Are you coming? Yeah, obviously. Alright, well, um, follow me. The group finds themselves at the house of Deputy Sylvia Montero, a dark-skinned woman with brown hair that's shaved on both sides and pulled to a ponytail, her green eyes filled with concern and fear as she tries to get to her house. Uh, I kind of, like, put my hand up to, as to symbol to Evie. is like, hang back, don't get too close, just watch. The sheriff himself, Martin Field, a tall man with pale skin, his hair is brown and pulled back in a short ponytail. He looks at Sylvia with bluish-green eyes and stops her from running forward, explaining that 
she's too close and she should let him take care of it. It's clear that both of them take good care of themselves and are physically capable. Martin promises he'll find her brother. And thus the group went about their business. I turn to Evie and it's like, uh, do you think it's worth it to, like, how are the police in this town? Would they be willing to help with the private investigation or would they just turn us away? I don't want to waste our time. Sheriff, definitely not. He would not appreciate us helping. But Sylvia, she would probably want all the help she can get. So go for Sylvia, not the sheriff. Make sense? Yeah, we'll have to wait until he's gone, though. Don't want him interrupting, if that's the case. Yeah, makes sense. All right, well, this is definitely a lead. I mean, I would be trying to investigate any possible leads that this Evie kid would know about um, before we would be able to corner the deputy to question her. Hey, uh, Evie, do you got any other leads you might want to look into before... Me talk to the deputy? Not that I can think of. Do you know the last place this Seuss individual was seen? That might be a good place to look into, just to look in the area, see if there was any signs of what happened. Probably the hospital, where they work. Alright, well, you know the town better than I do, so lead the way. Alright. <laughs> well, we're not going in the hospital. I just look at, in the area around where it would make sense someone might disappear, where it might be, be easy to snatch someone from. Investigating around the hospital, Briar and Evie find some blood down an alley. Oh, fuck. All right. Stay behind me. We're checking this out. And I kind of like how I put my hand like kind of like into my coat. I have my hand on my revolver as we're walking into the alley. Well, shit. This looks bad. Taking out his recorder, Briar takes note of what they found. Uh, first evidence in the case, we cased the outside of the hospital. It led us to um, an alley. We found some dried blood, and while going down the alley, there appeared to be some drag marks that stopped abruptly. There's more blood, but that seems to be all that there is for now. And he turns off the recorder. What, do you make an audio diary in case you can No, so I can review the evidence throughout the case. Iris waited until dark and decided they would examine the crime scene. I'm making my way back to the house and I'm going to attempt to get into it. Is there any signs of entry other than, say, normal people? say like yeah something that could have gotten in or gotten out without other people noticing that or like a trail leading off somewhere iris finds a trail that leads into the woods although it doesn't seem to go anywhere so they go back to the house to investigate further they were unable to go through the front door as there was a police officer out front they were however able to find a way in through the basement window which had been broken Okay, so the trail doesn't have much help, but the window's definitely nice. Um, I'm gonna keep. I'm gonna hold back for now until, say, the police start leaving. I'll make my way into the forest just a little bit so that I'm off the beaten path and less noticeable to people who aren't paying attention. Because I ultimately want to get to that basement window. Briar and Evie went to go ask Sylvia questions. 
we head to the motel, turn to Evie and say, uh, how well do you know the, this deputy? Should I be the one talking or should you? Well, considering you're from out of town and a private investigator, I'm not sure she'll trust you very much. So, all right. Um, I have my hand on my recorder in my pocket and I'm ready to start recording when they start talking, but like try and make it look like I'm not doing anything. Like, I'm keeping it in my pocket. Knock on the door. Wanted to check up on you and see how you're doing. I know this is probably very stressful for you. It's Sebastian was your brother. I'm here with someone Grandma Joan hired to help with the investigation as well, with all of the missing people. And I kind of just kind of like, and raise my hand that's not in my pocket. Just like kind of nod. Hi, I'm here. Well, we're investigating all the cases of missing people. If your brother just happened to go missing, then that adds another lead to the case. We just want to check up on every lead that we can, try to get to the bottom of this as quickly as possible. Briar, unfortunately, was very awkward. Ah, fuck. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, fuck. Okay. Okay. 2d6 minus 1. He rolled a critical failure, and so with his negative 1 charm, which made his roll total to 1, Sylvia shut the door in their faces. Yeah! Oh! I'm so sorry. Oh, God. Yeah, I, I knew this was going to happen. This is exactly... Yeah, this... Yeah. Oh, my God. My character just has that vibe about him. Lindsay, where people just so do close. not want to talk Lindsay. to him. Oh. Yep. Ouch. And I turned off my recorder. Oh, fuck. Well, that sucked. What other... Their leads, uh, fuck, I guess the house is the only other place. If she won't help us, we'll have to find the clues our fucking selves. Yep. All right, kid, follow me. Iris decided they had had enough of waiting and headed inside through the basement window. I'm going to sign a struggle or anything. I'm trying to think on what the whole area of this kidnapping is. They found evidence of a scuffle. Pieces of broken furniture were scattered about, and they located a broken pool cue. It looked like they had been broken on purpose. As if they were going to use it as a weapon. So it, there's been clear signs of struggle here. Iris headed upstairs. Once they got there, it became clear that Sebastian, Sylvia's brother, had been taken from his bedroom and dragged downstairs. They picked up an abandoned phone. Ooh, cell phone. I'm going to grab the cell phone. Um, I want to turn it on and see if I can't get into it. Upon realizing it was locked, they simply put it back. I'm going to put the phone back. Meanwhile, Briar and Evie arrive when suddenly three vampires emerge from the woods. Seemingly driven only by the desire to find a living creature, they attack the officer at the door. No! I was immediately the the front go door? for I my gun. Was just... oh. <laughs> Upon hearing the officer, Briar rushed forward, shooting at the vampire. I am pulling my gun and trying to shoot the thing that's attacking him. Oh god. Okay, uh, fuck. Um, I th uh, I'm gonna force it where I want it to go, which is off of the thing it's attacking. Yeah, I'm shooting the one that's currently attacking him. Iris snuck out back the way they came and went into the forest to observe. I'm leaving. <laughs> I'm going down through the basement the way I came in, and I'm dipping out of there, but also I'm paying, I'm 
only gonna go as far as I'm like on the edge of the forest, essentially. I'm just gonna observe for now. I'm gonna look around <laughs> for either a way to get out of there or something that I can use against the creatures or something like that. I don't know, something like that, you know? Oh, right. I do have a sword, <laughs> you're right. <laughs> How did I forget about that? Actually, it's okay, I forgot that I had a battle axe on me. I mean, did you have your battle axe on you? It's extendable, so yes. Oh, okay, fair. Probably trying to fathom what just happened. I'm not going to the crowd of vampires, Lindsay. I'm going backwards. Evie, not full of much courage at the moment, dipped the fuck out and ran. Sorry, sorry, Briar, but I'm a, I'm a go. Oh, kid. <laughs> See ya. It was a fucking sword. I'm out. <laughs> See ya later. I'm still watching. What the fuck is a sword for if you're not gonna fucking use it? Iris decided to actually do something. Can I do something? I wanted to use magic. I wanted to trap one of the vampires, like, in place. Let's say it has a problematic side effect. It froze the vampire close to them. However, they also froze their arm. Like, in place, or... Oh, so my whole body's effectively trapped. But I can't move my arm around my arm. Oh, so I just can't, like, do anything with it. Yeah. Your arm is paralyzed. So it turned into, like, a prosthetic. Unfortunate. Um, I'm gonna try and drag the officer up, because I imagine he's been knocked down. I'm trying to, I guess, get into the house? Just away from the monsters to, to safety. It's like, get the fuck up. Get, come on, come on. Fuck. That's a failure. He's just not having a good day, okay? So I'm gonna try and slowly drag the guy into the house, however long it fucking takes. Oh, I'm leaving. It's been frozen long enough that it should be able to get caught. So I'm gonna just let it go. I'll hold the spell as long as I can, but I'm leaving. So once I get far enough away, I assume that it's probably just not gonna work anymore. Uh, I just don't want to get caught by the cops, so. Just as they hear sirens, a large red truck pulls up. It's Grandma Joan, who motions for Briar to get in. Fuck, I knew it. I fucking knew it. Would I have seen this? I fucking knew it. Grandma Joan's a monster hunter! Would I have seen this? Someone want to help me with this- Someone want to help me with this fucking officer who's bleeding out? Grandma Joan helps him collect the frozen vampire and the officer. Is this before I left? No, you dipped, I think, already. What do you mean it's up to me if I see this or not? (laughs) I'll, uh, follow. I don't think I'm gonna hop in and reveal myself, though. And I'm assuming Evie ha- is still gone, so Evie's no help from her. Somewhere. You'll see her eventually. Evie is nowhere to be seen. Okay, so I guess I'm just meeting you guys there. Once Briar and Grandma Joan make it back to her house, Briar demands answers. What, what the fuck is going on here? We don't have much time. If there's a vampire den or nest that's been kidnapping people, we need to stop it now. I've taken down nests before and... With some help, shouldn't be too hard. But I figured out where Grandma Joe went. The question is, is do I want to go in or not? And that brings us to the end of the first session. This next bit is the audio from our second session, which did not have nearly as many technical difficulties. So I hope you all enjoy. So Evie, you're walking to Grandma Joan's house, and it's very dark. How do you feel when you're walking over to her house? Scared, because it's dark, and vampires exist now, apparently. You feel a gentle tap on your shoulder that is obviously from someone's hand. I turn around. You see a tall man who looks like he could be in his late 20s, and he has long, 
silver gray hair and these piercing green eyes and he says to you so that's a nice sword wherever did you get it got it from my parents kind of looks at you and he chuckles <laughs> well someone with such a capable weapon must know how to use it don't you i'll kind of tighten my grip on my sword a little bit he kind of bends down so that he can look you in the eyes, and he says, Don't worry, you can trust me. Roll to act under pressure. Alright. So that's plus cool. Okay, we got a three and a one. Ouch. You know what's <laughs> your plus cool? Um, is a zero. Yep. Okay, so it's four. Okay. You immediately believe him. You can trust him. He's There's nothing wrong with this guy <laughs> randomly coming up to you in the dark and telling you that he likes your sword, and he kind of smirks, and he says, uh, Why don't you come with me, little one? And okay. he starts walking, and you follow him. Grandma Jones kind of looking, and you see something in her face, like a realization. And she just says, Where's Evie? I figured she ran back this way. I, I don't know, she ran when the vampires attacked. And you see... Grandma Joan's eyes just kind of become unfocused for a second. And when she comes back, she says, Oh, no, 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 this isn't, no, this isn't, the, this isn't what I wanted, no. It's too late. Evie, something terrible is going to happen to her and you can't stop it. It's, it's, oh. it's given Sebastian some more time, but you can't what? stop what's going to happen to Evie. What are you talking about? What's, what the fuck is going on here? Briar, you have a vision that you've had before, but it comes back much clearer this time, and it takes you kind of by surprise, and it's... First time you had this vision, all you could tell was that it was a person standing around a pile of bodies covered in blood. All you could see was glowing orange eyes, and they looked completely feral. This time, when you see the vision, you can tell that the figure surrounded by bodies is Evie. And you can tell that the bodies around her are the bodies of Iris, Grandma Joan, and Sebastian. Her eyes lock with yours, and she runs towards you. And then the vision ends. Fuck, how did I not? Grandma Joan kind of looks at you and she says, You saw something, didn't you? Uh, what was it? What? What did you what see? Is she? What? Did you know about? She's. What is she? I don't. Evie is a normal girl. Uh, I'm. Who has. Starting. Sword. I'm starting to doubt that Briar. from. Briar. The bright orange eyes. Briar. Briar. Evie is a normal girl who has a sword that she does not know how to use. By the end of the night, that will have changed. Why did you... If you knew... You knew that this was going to happen. Why did you have her I follow me? I didn't know it was going to happen. I know what could happen. And I can see what would happen if I intervened. Evie is going to die, in a way. There's nothing we can do to stop it. I have tried many times to stop certain things from happening. I could not stop my own grandchild from being taken by this thing. And now I'm going to lose another one to it. How do you think I feel? 
this isn't a good situation. And I, at this point, I don't have enough information to know how to stop what I saw or if even that was the better outcome of what might happen. Because I saw you and I saw some other people, people I didn't really recognize or I barely recognized, but they were all dead. And it was very clear that she was the one who's going to do it. And I don't know whether that's what you're talking about, about that that is what happen will happen by the end of the night. But I I don't know how to stop it Grandma, because I don't know what's going on. Grandma Joan looks incredibly upset and she says, that's not what I saw. I saw Evie dying. She comes back, but she's not going to be the same. And I want to stop it with all my heart and all my soul, but I can't. Because if I do, the end result will be much worse. What is the end result? You you can't, you have to tell us what's going on. If I tried to intervene, everyone in this town would perish, and then they would continue into the whole rest of the country, and then the world, like a plague. This is if you try to intervene, or just if it is stopped entirely? I can only see if I intervene. Well, I have a feeling if we don't intervene, what I saw is going to be the end result. Because if you, if what you say is true, that she is a normal girl, she wasn't normal in that vision that I saw. So I want to save her and I want to save the people that she's going to kill. I don't want anyone to have to die here, but I don't know where she went. And I don't know, I don't know what's going on. And then suddenly he just looks like he's really far away for a moment. I can see things that could happen. And I can see if I myself can intervene. Like, I saw that I could intervene earlier at the house and keep you all from getting arrested and stop many people from getting hurt. Miss, Miss Joan, when the vampires retreated, would they have gone back to this person that you are saying has Evie? Is that where they would have gone? Most likely. I then cannot be sure. I, I might be able to find them. It's risky and might backfire, but it's the only thing that I can think of. What is it? I can... Sometimes if I know a creature, I can tell... I can attune to it. I can tell where it is, but... It doesn't always work, and if it backfires, they'll know that we're onto them. Grandma Joan looks at you and she's like, you can try, but I have maps of the town uh, that I can give you if you want to try the long way and try to figure out exactly where they are via looking at a map and figuring out where the best place would be. But you can try. Not until the end of the night. I don't think we have time. I'll try. And so he's, so I'm going to use my tune in ability, which is you can attune your mind to a monster or minion, roll plus weird, on a 10 plus hold three, on a 7 to 9 hold one, on a miss the monster becomes aware of you, spend one hold to ask the keeper one of the following questions, and gain plus one ongoing while acting on the answers, I'm going to be asking the first one if I can succeed, which is where is the creature right now. Okay, 2d6 plus two seven okay okay so i I get my one question which is where is the creature right now all right you close your eyes and you focus tuning in on the creatures you saw 
you you tune in on probably the one you hurt earlier. I shot. Yeah, the one. That yeah, you I'm shot. turning on on the one I shot. Okay, you see it in some place, some place dark and abandoned. It's cavernous and long, like a long tunnel, and it's moving towards something and you kind of see as it passes you see mine tracks and mine carts and it's very obviously old and abandoned and covered in dirt and dust and rock particles it obviously hasn't been used in a very long time and continues on it it enters kind of this main area and you see a man standing kind of on a platform along with uh, three other figures one you don't recognize, one you kind of recognize, and then you see Evie. And that's what you get. They're in a mine. Stone, does this does this town have an aband- abandoned mine? Because of jo- that- Grandma Joan nods hurriedly and she says, Yes, yes, sir. It shut down there, a few, few years ago due to collapse. They're there right now. I, I saw the creature. I saw Evie. They're there right now. We we have to go now. Uh, Iris, what are you doing at this moment? What am I doing? <laughs> You were trailing the truck, weren't you? You like following? Do you think you overheard what was going on in there? Kind of a nosy bitch, so yeah. Okay, so you're probably on the porch. Yeah, I, I suppose. And then I hear that they're getting ready to leave, so I'm gonna uh back up a bit. Uh, um and get out of sight. I'm gonna hop in the back if well they don't uh, and try not to be noticed. Okay, I'll let you do that. So you guys hop in the truck and uh you head off to the mine. You're at the entrance of the mine. It is obvious that no one's been there in a while, but the gate that is put up in front so people cannot get in has been broken. Like, it looks like it should have been something like, you know, wire clippers or a bolt cutter, but you get the feeling this was done by hand. Someone literally ripped the fence open with their bare hands. And do you guys head in? I'm gonna... I'm going to be watching outside, trying to stay hidden in case more of the other people show up. Trying to go as quickly, but also quietly as possible. You enter the mine and it's, it's quiet. The only sound you hear is the crunch of your footsteps on the hard ground. It would uh, absolutely make sense for Briar to have a flashlight. Iris would yeah. possibly have a flashlight, so you're going to I have that weapons, on? not a flashlight. Okay, are you going <laughs> to turn on your flashlight and continue on, or are you going to keep going in the dark? I'm going to try and, like, turn it on but block it so that it doesn't really go ahead of us, just enough so we see directly where we're going to be stepping. All right, makes sense. So hopefully it doesn't, like, show out, like, beyond where we're. It doesn't give us away. All right, so you continue on, and then you come to a crossroads. There are two different directions for you to go, left and right. Was this in my vision at all, or was this, or, or was the monster already past this? Uh, the monster was already past this. I'm going to try and tune in again to see if I can maybe figure out which tunnel it's down. I'm bored of waiting at the front. I want to go in. <laughs> You're <bad. laughs> Let's give uh, Briar a second to roll first, though. No, that's fine. A nine. Whenever you have a Yep, which is where's the creature right now? You get a sense. You don't see through the, the monster's eyes again. This time, you get a sense that the monster is directly at the end of the right-hand tunnel, waiting. Okay, Iris, what were you doing? I... I'm struggling because I don't have a light. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> It'll be fine. I'll just, you know, sense my way through with magic or something, if I can do that. 
Okay, there is a move for magic that is uh something beyond human limitations would work. Yeah. yeah. So like you could use it to give yourself like night vision or something. Just gotta roll ten. Alright. Snazzy. Works without issue. What is your effect? I wanna be able to see the walls without seeing the walls, if that makes sense. Like so, sense like, things. Sense like the magic where you can now nice. tell where you're going. Easy enough. I'm just gonna make my way through. Alright. Well let's go to the right. Nothing's there. And it's still completely quiet. What do you do? I'm gonna try and tune in one last time. Just to see if I can see them. Right. I got eight. What is it planning to do right now? You get a sense that this creature, its intent right now is to tell its master that people are coming. You kind of take a look around with what little light you have from the flashlight, and it's barely noticeable. But a piece of rock falls from the ceiling and hits the ground with not very much of a sound. This mine is incredibly unstable. You're heading down this part of the tunnel and you see light. There is something has lit up this large area you can kind of see ahead of you. What do you do? I try to peek around without being noticed. At this point, if I saw, as soon as I saw the light at the end of the tunnel, I would have turned my light off. Evie, you have been kind of in a daze. You kind of snap out of it and you feel like you're on fire. It feels like someone took a match and literally lit your blood on fire. And it hurts. And you see the man from earlier standing there. Kind of take a look around and you're in a big lit up room. And you can see Seuss chained down. And they look messy. They look dirty. They look terrible. They do not look good. And you see lying near you, passed out, Sebastian, who seems unharmed. Am I on the floor or standing up? You're on the ground. You're laying on the ground and everything hurts. What direction is the guy facing? Is he looking at me or looking away? You are within his vision. He can see you. Okay, I'm I'm staying still. No. (laughs) Okay. You also notice that he has taken your sword. Ah, damn it. As you kind of look around, you see just out of the corner of your eye, you see someone poke their head in to look at you. Oh. To look in. Do you say anything? I'll kind of put my finger up to my mouth and just kind of like that. Okay. Quietly. Briar, you see Evie on the ground and you see her kind of move and you see her do the shh motion with her hand. She looks like shit. Apparently he's just like, fuck, 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 fuck. But he's like biting his tongue. He's not making any sound. He does not want to give away his position. Yeah. And you see the nasty man? You see the nasty man. Yes, you do. He's kind of standing <laughs> over Evie, kind of walks towards her, and you hear him say, Are your friends here yet? I have a feeling they are just biding their time. <sighs> Good luck, guys. I take my gun out, and I round the corner where I'm just standing in the doorway, and I'm just pointing my gun at him and say, don't fucking move. Okay, so you're... I am like pointing it right at his head. He kind of <laughs> smiles. Oh. There you are. I was wondering when you'd make yourself known. Do you? <laughs> do you actually think 
a little handgun will kill me. Oh, and then he points up at the ceiling. But a fuck ton of rocks coming down on you might. So you would sacrifice yourself and all these innocents and emotions to the three people around him, Zeus, Evie, and Sebastian, and your friends just to kill little old me. Well, for one thing, I don't have friends, so wouldn't really be sacrificing anything in that department, but I don't really think you want to test me. Do you really think that's worth it? Everything I do is worth it. Well, then maybe it would be worth it just to end you right here. I'd like to see you try. And he's kind of just staring you down, Briar. I'm just like, I have my gun pointed at the ceiling. If he makes a single move I don't like, I'm making it clear. Move away from the girl. He kind of kind of laughs and he says, All right, I'll indulge you. And he walks about 20 feet away from Evie. Good. And I, I'm like, I'm keeping my gun kind of like pointed at the ceiling, but also kind of where I could also quickly point it down at him if I need to. But I'm just like slowly moving towards Evie, but keeping my eye on him the entire time. I'm like, don't. If any of, if you are any of those other vampires, do anything I make any move, ceiling comes down. You kind of nod. He says, don't worry. They only do what I say anyway. And you can see that the vampires around look kind of restless. Like they want to attack, but they're not. Iris, what are you doing? Would I have caught up at this point? I'd say yeah. Uh, I want to enchant my battle axe to make it a flaming battle axe. Wait, that's use magic. And then I want to run in there and try to cut off the big bad guy's legs. Oh my god, go ahead and roll plus third. Ahaha. Uh, ha. Ten! I did it. It works without issues. Choose your effect. So enchant a weapon. Oh my god. It gets plus yeah. one harm and plus magic. It's a flaming battle axe. Thank you. You still have to roll to attack. You still gotta I roll. I definitely do. You gotta roll to kick some ass. Well, it's plus tough. It may be minus one, but it'll be fine. And you're just gonna rush in there? Seven? Look at that. Oh. Seven. Okay, so that is... Uh, mixed success. Uh, Let's see, what does your battle axe do? Your battle axe does it's two plus, plus one, so three. Your, no, your your battle axe. You have a big axe. Big axe, sorry. Big axe, which does three, three plus one, three so four. Three harm plus one, so four. Plus, it does magical damage. So you run it's in cool. there. About to get wrecked. <laughs> you run in there and you aim for his legs. Are you like making a lot of noise, or are you just straight up booking it? I just went straight in there. <laughs> Alright, so you st- straight up run in there to Big Bad Mr. Vampire Man, and you aim your axe towards his legs! Alright, so you do four damage, but your battle axe doesn't really chop off his leg as well as you'd like. You get like halfway through, and he kind of like, <laughs> he kind of looks surprised, and he kind of looks at you and is like, what the fuck? As long as he can't <laughs> run, it's fine. I'd say you definitely slowed him down, and he kind of just, he kind of like looks, he just slashes at your face for two harm. Two harm. Ooh, that's gonna scar. Uh, minus one because of my armor, right? Or no? Uh, if you have armor, do you have armor? It says old, yeah, old-fashioned armor, it says one armor there. Then yeah, you only, it only does one damage. I will say 
The battle axe seemed to do less damage than you thought, but because you enchanted it, it did the normal amount of damage. You just saw someone run in and chop at Mr. Big Bad Vampire's leg. Just run over to Evie and just like trying to like drag her up, just like while also trying to put my knife in her hand to have her hold the knife so that she can defend herself. Oh yeah, I'll also say because Iris stabbed, because Iris slashed the Big Bad Vampire's leg, he dropped Evie's sword. I'm just trying to help Evie get up and just like I'm arming her, but also just being like, go get your sword. Let's go. Okay. Um, and then I'm gonna try and run over to start helping up the others. Okay, uh, Briar, just roll 1d6 for me. Four! You notice that Evie is bleeding. From where? How? Did it bite her? It it's, probably bit her, didn't it? It's already bit her. Fuck! Alright, Evie, you are dizzy and disoriented, and, uh, Briar just grabbed you and shoved a knife into your hand. What do you do? I'm gonna see if I can my sword uh you can see it by mr big bad vampire man whose leg is just bleeding like it's slowed a bit like clear it's slowed a bit like since it was a flaming sword it kind of cauterized the wound and you can see it kind of slowly stitching itself back together but not very fast your sword's laying by him do i want to go get it that's up to you you do you currently have briar's big knife which does does one harm. You do have your sword, which does two harm, and your pocket knife, which does one harm. Okay. Okay, Evie, are you getting up? Are you going forward? Where's Seuss? Where, where is Seuss is chained to uh, what appears to be some railroad tracks, and they're just far? four feet away from you. They're real close. I'm, I'm gonna go over to Seuss. Seuss kind of moves their head up when they see you, and they just look kind of bad, and they're like, kind of just look yeah. at you and say, Evie, is that, is that you? Yeah. Hey. It's me. I'm so hungry. I know. Are you okay? Yeah. Don't worry. We'll get out of here. You okay? Don't. I promise. You don't look okay. It's alright. I'm fine. I'll be fine. You'll be fine. We'll be fine and we'll get out of here, okay? Evie, you 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 still feel like you are on fire. And yeah, like you can you can feel you can hear your heart heartbeat in your ears and like you feel like shit. Yeah, I I assumed as much. Yeah. I guess I ran over to Sebastian. I'm just I'm oh. trying to wake him up, just like, get him up, get him to go. You go over to Sebastian and you kind of shake him a bit, and you have the horrifying realization that this is very similar to the vision that you had. One key detail is missing. Sebastian is not bleeding from the neck. Okay, I'm gonna try and, like, I'm gonna try and get him up, and I'm going to try and, like, escort him to the entranceway, just get him out and just pray there's the only vampires were the ones that were in this room. So you kind of get Sebastian up and he's kind of like, wait, 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 do I know, do I know you? It doesn't matter. If you don't want to die, you're gonna help me help you get you the fuck out of here. And he kind of just nods, he's like, yeah, I don't, I don't. I think Sylvia would be pretty pissed if I died. Yeah, yeah, she would be. Come on, let's go, let's go. So you get him up and uh, he runs to the exits. And the the vampires seem to be more focused on the people who are currently attacking. So Sebastian oh, is able funny. to at least get into the mine and towards freedom safely. Want to shoot? Uh... His name is Nathaniel. Mr. Big Bad Na- Vampire, Na- his name is Nathaniel. Nathaniel in the face with my shotgun. It's on my belt loop, and I'm gonna pull it out and point it straight up and right into his face. Roll to kick some ass, so roll plus tough. Oh, oh no. It's okay. Oh, God. It's okay. Uh, it's fine. 
I'm so we're sorry. Gonna, we're gonna use luck, it's fine. Okay, you're gonna use luck to... Just make it a 12, yeah. To make it a 12? Alright. Because so... that's what it does. Uh, so I'm gonna force him where I want him, and I'm as I shoot him, I'm gonna push him back towards like one of the back walls so that he can't really get out of there. You pull up your shotgun, you pull the trigger, and for a split second, it doesn't work, like it, like it jams a little, but you're able to fully pull the trigger back, and you shoot this vampire directly in the face, and he stumbles backward because of this. The pure thing of just getting shot in the face. In the face with a shotgun. <laughs> yeah. He is headed towards one of the walls. Like, you, you kind of stumbles and he kind of falls a little. Like, he kind of is kneeling <laughs> a little. Like, one of one of his legs is, like, you know, kneeling on the ground and the other one's still up. Oh. He's like, ah. And he, he's just fucking bleeding from the face. It still didn't do quite as much damage as it normally does. Uh, but it wasn't enchanted like my cool axe, so. It was not. It. Briar, what are you doing? I'm gonna go over pick up Evie's sword, and walk over and stab fucking Nathaniel. Wait, okay. <laughs> Just through the chest. Okay, so you're gonna run up, like, behind yes. him? Uh, however I can get the sword and then just Straight to him, straight to the chest. Okay, no, he's, he's, you're not behind him. So you run, you pick up Evie's sword, and you run straight at him, aiming to stab him in the chest. Roll to kick some ass. Okay, and then I'm also going to be using the big whammy. You can use your powers to kick some ass. Roll plus weird. The attack has two harm, close, obvious, ignore armor. So go ahead, use that. But on a miss, I get magical backlash, okay. so... Go ahead, roll. Eleven! Yeah. Fuck nice. yeah! I want to inflict terrible harm on this motherfucker. So more yeah. harm. So you run up and, like, your eyes look like they're on fucking fire. Like, they look like they're glow- like glowing purple fire out of your eyes. Like, the same color as and... your eyes themselves as you run forward. And Nathaniel just kind of looks at you. And he looks fucking terrified. This is the first oh time God. you have seen this man look scared. And it's when you are running at him with purple flaming eyes, wielding a sword. And you just stab him right through the chest. He coughs up a little bit of blood and he like, he kind of looks at it and he's like, and he looks at you and the fuck? And then he slashes at you for two harm. Evie, what are you doing? Uh, okay, I'm gonna see if I can free Seuss from the chain. Okay. I don't know how. I don't know. Um, I'm gonna say and this is a uh, act under pressure. Roll to act under pressure. So that's plus cool. Your cool is currently a zero. I got a five and a four. So nine. So I get to give you a worse outcome, hard choice, or price to pay. You can cut through these chains, but just looking at Seuss... They look terrifying. They are shaking with hunger. If you let them go, they will attack you. Could attack you or someone else in the room. Okay, I'm not gonna let them go. I'm sorry, but no. Okay. I don't want anyone to get attacked by Seuss and kill them. Iris, what you doing? I want to tell Briar to keep this one alive. <laughs> we might need him. We gotta keep this one alive. We might need him. He seems to be more important. If but, we keep you know, him alive, rough him off. He could escape. Unless you Unless have some he doesn't have legs. Magic. <laughs> no, and I'm gonna cut his legs again. Legs. Oh, um, are you are you trying to convince Briar to do this? I'm trying to convince. Bri yeah, I'm trying to convince. Yeah, you're gonna have Briar to, to do roll, roll to manipulate someone. See, it's uh, almost fine. Uh, on a seven to nine, they mark experience if they do it. Fine. And like, I'm not killing him right now, but I'm like just trying to like hold him down as so, like you. Better fucking I also cut at his legs now. again with my axe. Okay, uh, roll to kick some ass. You can't run away. 
without legs. Well, too bad I failed that. It's fine. Uh, so, Briar, are you helping fine. out? Oh, wait! Yeah, I was about to say, like, I, I feel like I'd be helping out at this point, because I'm trying to hold him down. All right, uh, roll plus cool. A 10. So nice. your help grants plus one to plus my roll. One, so that gives you a 7. I did it, guys. <laughs> you kind of pick up your axe, and he just kind of looks, and he looks so just upset at the way this has gone. Like, this is not the way he was expecting. He didn't expect a person to just come running in with a flaming axe and attack him. So you uh, bring your axe down and I will say you chop off one of his legs. <laughs> like, it just goes clean through at the knee. You just chop off his leg, probably the leg that was still heart hurt, and you do the forearm. It's also a flaming axe, ah. so it cauterizes it. Yep, so he's not bleeding. Not that he would bleed for very long as he's a vampire. Briar, Nathaniel's yeah. gonna look at you right in the eyes and he's gonna say, oh, come on. I'm, I'm not that bad. You wanna help me? Roll, uh, act under pressure. Plus cool. An eight. You can resist this, but he's gonna hurt but, you. No, I think I'm actually gonna use a luck point. All right, make it a 12. Yep. Oh, and also keep in mind, Lindsay, uh, for my luck spooky special, as you mark off luck boxes, your dark side's needs will get nastier. Just for you to know. One luck. Nathaniel says this, and you can feel it kind of worming its way into your head. Like, you're, yeah, yeah, I could, I could help him. I, I, I should help him. And then just something just kind of banishes that from your head. What do you say to him? Oh, just shut the fuck up, you asshole. He looks very upset about this. And you see out of the corner of your eye a young woman standing kind of near you. And she has blonde hair and a long white gown and purple eyes that almost match yours. And she says, And for a split second, you get an image of Martin. You see the sheriff in your head for a second and you realize that's the him she's talking about. I, I just... Does I close my eyes, shake my head violently, and open my eyes again? Uh, she's there for a split second and then disappears. What are you doing? Um, I enchant my shotgun. I'm just like, before you do that, I'm just like, hey, wait, are you, uh, you wouldn't happen to be the one who froze that last vampire that was at the house. Could you do that to this guy? Is that something you can do? I suppose I could try. That would be helpful. Mm-hmm. Gonna try and do that? Yeah, might as well. I realized that one of my uh, stat things is that I'm mystic, and I every time I use magic, I take plus one forwards. Oh, so you'd actually have a nine on this. Choose your effect and choose a glitch, and I'll decide what your glitch does. So you're going to trap a specific person, minion, or monster, yeah? Yeah, that'll be Nathaniel. I can afford to take one arm. All right, so you kind of cast a spell, and you're, the arm that was frozen earlier kind of just stiffens for a second, and just this shoot of pain goes through your entire body, and you take one arm, and you see Nathaniel kind of be like, what? what? And then he just kind of freezes. All right, you get him. I get to the person who's chained up. We're getting out of here now. Careful with this. Careful with them. They could... Wait, I thought it was Sebastian, not Seuss. Uh, no, Sebastian's out. Sebastian, you, you saved Sebastian, he left. Uh, Seuss was chained to the floor. Uh, Seuss looks calmer now okay. than they did earlier. I'm kind of just trying to get a move behind them, just lift them up by the chain. Are they chained down to something, they or are, are they chained. just wrapped in chains? They are chained to the rail. Fuck. Uh, uh, no. Is there any way that we can like undo the chains, but then get the chains from them? Anyone got any ideas? 
just caught them. Uh, Briar, roll to investigate a mystery. Uh, you notice that there is a padlock that connects the chain to itself. Like, it's kind of wrapped around the rail, and then in in the padlock's between two links of chain. There's a key okay. around here somewhere, and I'll check on Nathaniel. I point to Iris, it's like, you've got the vampire guy, see if he has a key. Oh, uh, on Nathaniel? Yeah, sure. I'll say since he's- Reach around his pockets. Yeah, I'll say since he's frozen, you find it without issue. I'll be taking this. Okay, so you unlock and Seuss is just kind of tired and they kind of just slump down. Move over to Evie, like, uh, here's your sword. Can I have my knife back? Yeah, You just sure. kind of swap, swap, swap weapons. Swap. I'm like, I don't like yeah, you yeah. handing over your sword, but... So you, got, okay. so you guys are headed out? Okay. Yeah, I'll be carrying a thing. Let's go home. All right, so... Uh, I, I just... Over yep. my shoulder or something, I don't know. All right, so you guys... Like he's leave. a potato sack. <laughs> okay, uh, you guys you guys leave and you um, one leg. put Nathaniel in the bed of the truck and you head back to Grandma Jones' house. Once they make it to Grandma Jones, they can all finally settle in and perhaps even relax for the rest of the night. I'll just bring Nathaniel with me. Uh, you, and she points to Iris, uh, follow me, I have a setup in the attic. All right. <laughs> I'm a, Iris, by the way. Uh, bef- Hello. And before she goes in, she's like, uh, Seuss, Evie, you can come in, uh, and I guess he can, too. <laughs> you have inside? Yeah. yeah. Uh, so Iris, Grandma Joan, leads you up into the attic, and um, there are uh, two cages set up there for various things, and she kind of digs a thing of keys out of her pocket, and she kind of rifles through them, and she unlocks one of the cages. She's like, uh, put, put him in here for now. It should uh, keep him uh, trapped. And you see that the other vampire that you froze earlier is also in one of these cages, kind of just sitting on the, the floor. Do you follow Grandma Jones' instruction? Yeah, sorry, just coughing. Oh, you're good. And then uh, she motions for you to head back downstairs, and she locks up the cage. Down the stairs we go. Grandma Joan comes down and notices that Seuss is in changes. She's like, oh, this won't do. And she uh, walks to a cabinet and pulls out a pair of bolt cutters and just cuts the chains off. And she's like, Seuss, I would recommend you uh, go rest in your room. And Seuss kind of nods. They're like, yeah. And they just head upstairs. Oh, that fucking happened. Grandma, <sighs> Grandma Joan nods and she's like, yes, uh, it's unfortunate, but you saved uh, as many people as you could. Is there anything we could do for them? For who? I heard, uh, for, I believe you called him Seuss. Um, I heard rumors that if you took the one that infected him, you could do something with their blood. Grandma Joan cure him. nods and she's like, that's, that's quite possible. We also have a... I have the other one upstairs. That one uh, will come in handy as well. There's still much research to be done, so uh, we'll have to figure it out. It'll take some testing, and it'll be a hard road, but there's a possibility. She kind of looks at you all, and she says, I would ask that you two, and she looks at Briar and Iris, and she says, I would uh, ask that you two stay in town. Your help will be necessary. I can tell that much. Are you going to tell us anything else? I have some more unfinished business here. I don't see there's going to be any issue to that. Is that unfinished business killing the sheriff? That's for me to know and you to find out. Okay. <laughs> um, Byer just kind of has his arms crossed. like, I don't like staying in one place more than I have to. Bad things happen if I do. So you're going to have to give me a real good fucking reason as to why you need me to stay. Grandma Joan looks at you and says, uh, worse things will happen if you leave. 
If you leave, everything will come crumbling down. I cannot see the specifics, but this much I know. Fine. Well, if that's all the business for a night, <sighs> anyone know where a lady can get himself a drink? Grandma Joan kind of smiles, and she's like, "There is a bar, the um, Half Moon Bar and Grill. It was, uh, it was owned by Sylvia's parents. Um, someone else has taken over uh, since then, but uh, there's don't that need the backstory. I just need the directions, please." All right, and she tells you how to get to that bar, <laughs> and I just leave. It's like. Goodbye. She calls after you as you're leaving. She's like, if you need a place to stay, my door is always open. I have plenty of rooms. Thanks. Right. And he just leaves. Okay. Uh, what are the other of you doing? Thank you for the offer. Um, I don't believe I caught your name. Let's see. I, I am Grandma Joan. It's lovely to meet you. And she holds out a hand to shake it. I'll shake her hand back. And I'm Iris. Bit of an awkward time to be first introducing ourselves, but thank you for the offer of the room. Of course, it's my pleasure. Uh, the more the merrier, I always say. And uh, ones are a bit thin, and uh, I didn't really have another enough to st another night at the motel. So if it wouldn't be too much trouble taking a room tonight. Of course, it's no problem. Uh, there are some rooms upstairs. Just uh, any of them that don't don't have a name on it. So, there are only three rooms upstairs that have names on them, which is uh, Joan, Seuss, and... Okay. So, those are the only um, rooms that... I'm gonna be going up to one of the rooms then and heading to bed then. Okay. And then I suppose let's uh, do the bar scene with Briar. Briar's just kind of staring into his drink. He just ordered something. I don't know. Um, uh, he'd literally just... He's like, I just need a drink. And he's just staring into his drink and just thinking about what he saw, that vision that he saw back in the mine with the girl. So you're sitting at the bar and um, someone kind of the sits like one seat away from you and he kind of just says to the bar and I'm like, uh, whiskey on the rocks, please. I think that's a drink. Yes. And yeah, it is. Uh, the bartender kind of nods and says, uh, gets him a drink and the guy kind of turns to you and he says, uh, I haven't seen you before. Uh, you're not from around here? No. And do I recognize him? So you turn and look at him? Yeah. It is Sheriff Martin. Not in his sheriff uniform. He's off duty right now. Oh, I'm, uh, not from around here, but I guess I'm gonna be around here for longer than I was expecting. Kind of nods and he says, uh, good to know. Uh, what's your name? I'm, I'm Martin. I'm Briar. And he's kind of sticks out his hand to shake. He's very awkward, so he's just like, he very clearly looks like he doesn't know how to interact in a social situation. Yeah, uh, Martin just kind of takes his hand and shakes it, and he says, uh, nice to meet you. You'll be seeing me around a lot. I'm, uh, I'm the sheriff around these parts. Uh, hmm. And he takes his drink and then gets up and starts walking away. Briar just kind of looks a little flushed. Like, breathless, he just, like, knocks back his drink and he just leaves. He's going back to the hotel. Okay. He's like, oh no. Someone is walking down the old mine shaft, and they go through all these directions and they make it to the lit up room, which is still lit up, and the, they kind of sigh and they walk forward and they're looking around. No, that's that's not what they need. They're walking, they, they find the small table near the back of the room, and on the table are several objects that just seem normal, plain objects. They kind of look over these objects and they find 
a silver locket with a piece of amethyst attached to it. And they kind of sigh and they pick it up and they start walking out of the mine. Sheriff Martin runs a hand through his hair. It took him so long, but he's finally found one piece. And then we switch to Grandma Jones' house, and she walks up to the attic to check on the people that she has trapped up there, and to her horror, she finds one of the cages empty. Nathaniel has escaped and is gone. And that's where we're gonna end. I should've just fucking killed him. That's what I said! (laughs) I was just like, why don't we just fucking kill him? It'll be fine. Everything will be fine. I hope you all enjoyed the first episode of Rolls of Fate. I know I did. Uh, we will have episodes coming out every other Saturday, so I hope you guys are looking forward to it. See you and have a good day. Mm-hmm.